Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dear Lord, we thank you for allowing us in your presence this evening. Father, tonight I would like to speak on something with you, a review with you, something very interesting, I believe, for the people, dear Lord, at this time, because we are in the time when we are to come out from the world, and we must trust you to deliver us from our slavery. People do not understand that we are actual slaves in the world today. All the citizens are. Only those elite who were set apart in a secret society under a divinity law that, and also under the ruling class, you can call it the crown trust that rules the world using the admiralty law. All of us are considered as dead estates. We're walking dead in, in the eyes of the leaders of the world. And all the world leaders are stirring up and bringing about the war. We can see, as it was foretold years ago, in, in the 2000s, early 2000s, it was stated by many, and you could even see it being played out. But it was being shown that the militaries of America are going to be scattered all over the world, fighting in all different fronts, which no military leader would ever do. Any reasonable military leader would ever do. But not just America, all the leaders are doing it. You see Russia being spread out different places, and China and so forth. But the problem with America, because they're going to destroy America completely, the world system is, the Crown Trust, Queen, and our leaders in Washington, D.C., are deliberately doing this. They're spreading the armies all over the world, the navies and the rest of it. <clears throat> they're being dispatched everywhere. So the home front is weakened. There's hardly anybody here to defend it if you were even working in a normal world. But as they told me in meetings that I was in, that they're going to bankrupt America and they're going to take away its sovereignty and they're going to kill most of the people. And I've repeated this. It's not just America. The Lord tells us this exactly. In Zechariah 14.1, he says, all the nations are coming against these people. And then he says in... Um, Matthew 24, 21 to 22, Mark 13, 19 to 20. They're going to try to kill almost all living flesh. But people are not listening and they're not seeing the clarity. Even logic tells you they're doing this. They're bringing the immigrants in. They're telling us they're going to be war. They're threatening war. They're threatening everything. And everybody's against everybody. There's no logic in the world. And it's not. Anything other than the devil stirring this up and has been planned for a very long time to accomplish what the Lord told us in those verses is going to happen. The devil's allowed to go to that far to test us. So I would like tonight to take you back to a very special time of testing. And I'd like to explain it to you from the scriptures so that you might be able to understand the importance of his words and the importance of following instruction of the Lord. 
we do not follow instruction of the Lord. If we read Joel 2, 12 to 20, we have not done anything that that verse teaches us to do for this end time. If we listen to the Lord's verse in John 17, 17, where he's telling the Father to cause us to be set apart by his words. And in John 12, 48, he says, we're going to be judged by his words. And he's talking about the words of God that he was sent into the world to bear witness to. And we will not hear. And he tells us in John 5, 24, that if we hear his voice, meaning discern his speech, discern his words, that enables us to understand his speech and understand the scriptures. As it says in John 8, 43 to 47, and Luke 24, 44 to 45. If we will receive this, then we will have and believe in the promises of the Father that these words, when spoken or done in the way that the Lord showed us, will enable the great promises of God to be done, as he said. And I would like to show you one of the examples of the Lord in this and how serious he is about this. And the leaders of America and the leaders of the churches and the leaders of the Bible study groups and the prophets and the rest of them should pay very close attention to this statement I'm going to, or teaching I'm going to show you from the scriptures. This is not me. This is the Lord. And it's going to show you from the scriptures. It doesn't matter what I say. You need to read the scriptures and listen to what he's saying. And I'm just trying to help you see what he's saying and let you weigh it on your heart. And seek it out with the Lord and he will cause you to know it. Because he tells us that we will turn to him in Proverbs 1, 20 to 23. And we will hear his wisdom calling out our words. And if we will turn to him, he will pour out his spirit on us. And cause us to know his words. Now the event I'm talking about. I've talked about many times. In the past. It's the event. Of when Moses. Struck the rock. But I'm going to show you some things about that event. In Numbers 20. That should help you clarify this. And make you understand it a little bit better. And a little bit deeper. And I'm, not, I'm going to try not to take very long to do this tonight. So that you might listen to this a couple of times. In Numbers 20, we see that the, this is the event of the, of the second time when he struck the rock. And we all know that when he struck that rock, Aaron and Moses were not allowed to go into the promised land. But I would like to give you a little bit of clarity from the scriptures that are given to us in these simple verses of Numbers 20. That should help us understand something very important about the Lord and very important about this time we're in right now. And I would like you to understand that you can compare this event of the one that happened in Exodus 17. Because comparing them, we will see the difference. And we will understand the truth that's being there. I've laid it out for you before, but I pray tonight that it will give it more clarity and more understanding that might help you grasp the importance of what the one's saying. Because the Lord has told us he's going to judge us by his words. And he told us in John 18, 37, that all, at, at this time when he calls out for his people, all those, that, all those who were of the truth, which is his words, as in, he says in John 17, 17, will come out and they will follow him because they will know him.
and they will understand his voice, meaning they will discern his words. And we don't do that today. People mock the words. They mocked a lot of things, but they better start listening because the Lord has told us there's a famine of the word coming. And I've explained to you that the deaf and dumb spirit, the plagues of God and all these things are coming upon the people and they will not listen. They are still thinking that they're going to be raptured out of here. Many are, have been taught that. And the blood of those people is going to be partially upon the shepherds that have taught this, the end time preachers on the TV ministries and all of that has preached these people, taught these people and all these end time films and books and all that are going to be punished for these people. I would believe because the Lord even told us in Deuteronomy 22, 8, if we don't put a border around our roofs and somebody falls off and gets hurt on them, then the blood of those people is on us. And you can imagine that the Lord has told us that we, in this day, are to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles, which is a celebration of coming to the rooftop. It's coming to the roof of the house and putting on a tent and celebrating the Lord's feast with that. And we don't pay attention to the way that's done, and we don't understand the importance of that. But it's saying to us that God is at the top of the tabernacle of, of the heavens, and Mount Zion, they call it. And he's there in the capstone at the very top. And he's there now because, remember, the throne of God, Ezekiel 1, tells us it's above the firmament. But we're talking about in the presence of the four living creatures he's going to be. And that is where the, the, the fourth heaven is. That's, you know, the world is the first one. Shadow of death, which is now empty because Satan's been cast down the earth since 2003. And that's the second one. And then the third one, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 12, 1 to 4, is the third, is paradise. And Jesus talks about the capstone. You can tell there's a, a fourth one there because it's at the top of the, uh, uh, top of the firmament, which is in the shape of a pyramid. It's explained in the book of Testimony of Numbers from the scriptures. And you can see there that in that uh, capstone is the judgment seat of God because it's in the presence of the four living creatures. And that's where it's going to be at this time because God tells us it's a separate throne that's set up. He tells us that in Daniel 7, 9 to 10, and Revelation 4 and 5, chapters 4 and 5. You begin to see that. So I pray that you understand that. Part. And we should understand at this time that the the rooftop, see Gog, the meaning of Gog is roof. In other words, instead of looking up to God, they're making their own roof. Their own, they, may, they even think they can make their own judgment on the people. Gog is doing that. You have to understand that Gog, meaning of that is roof, meaning of the, the people in charge. You can see very clearly that it's a rebellious people that are trying to... As, you wouldn't see because God calls him a beast in the first place. And secondly, he says in Matthew 24, 21 to 22 and Mark 13, 19 and 20, they're trying to kill all the people on the earth, basically all flesh. I told you that their intention is 7 billion people or more, only leaving about 6 million slaves to serve the elite. We do not have the right to life according to them. We're considered as dead people. And it's hard for you to get in your mind that your senators and congressmen and all these people deceived people who were disobeying the Lord and following after these leaders 
as it says in Revelation 18, 1-4, that not to do the minute that the light enters the world and light comes by the entrance of his words. And from that moment on, they don't have a right to rule if the people will turn. And now it tells us in the season and a time, which is the winter season, he identifies in, in Matthew 24 and he tells it in Mark 13. And then he tells us the Sabbath. And now we've entered the Sabbath. We've already went through the winter season because now is the time of the Lord to reign. And that's easy because of the calculations of the time. Let me get away from that. I want to get back to something more simple so you can understand this and, and really look at it. In Numbers 20, the Lord is telling us there, the children of Israel, and then he says the whole congregation came into the wilderness of sin in the first month, and the people stayed in Kadesh, which means holiness. Remember that wilderness of sin is the buckler and the coldness. This is correction. And it says it, it's like a correction of preparation. God is always pouring out his correction to us to test us, to help us, to guide us along the way. His words are like goads. He calls them goads in Ecclesiastes 12:11. The goads are the words of the one shepherd, meaning he does all his works in truth, which is the words of God, John 17, 17. And all his works in truth is found in Psalms 33 and 4. And so he's telling us that he does all his works this way, and Jesus always speaks the words of God. So what we see here is that we're coming into a time of correction, but he's always doing this by the way of his words. And at this time, he takes Miriam away. And Miriam was the key for them to give water. And that's another story. I've explained that in writings before. But she died there and was buried there. Now there was no water for the congregation, so they gathered together against Moses and Aaron. Now, please understand, it said the children of Israel, the whole congregation, the entire uh, congregation of people, the whole tribes. Now, why is that important? Because what you're really looking at here, at this time, there's nobody left of that old crew. See, Miriam is taken away by God. And Aaron and Moses, I believe, fully understood that they were going to go into the promised land. They believed they were. But God took Miriam away as a test of the people. She'd been phenomenal for the people during all this time. And she died there and was buried there. Now, we don't know why God took her uh, completely. I don't, you know, we just know that the people were uh, to be punished in that time. And why he took Miriam at that time, I believe, is for a test. That's my opinion. It says in Numbers 20, it goes on in verse 2, it says, Now there was no water there for the congregation, so they gathered together against Moses and Aaron. And the people contended with Moses and Aaron, and uh, with Moses, and spoke, saying, If only we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. See, they're saying that this is the children of Israel. Now, before the Lord had said the entire congregation, the children of Israel, several times. But this time, he's saying the children of Israel, the entire congregation. So he puts it afterwards, identifying the fact that these are the people that's going to actually enter the land of uh, milk and honey that he promised. We're coming to the end of the 40 years. And so what it's saying here is the uh, people contended with Moses and spoke, saying, if only we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. Why have you brought up the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we had, we and our animals should die here? 
And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is not a place of grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, nor is there any water to drink. This is important for us to grasp. I'm going to read a little bit more, and then I'm going to come back to that verse, because that verse tells us a tremendous amount of information. It says, So Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of meeting, and they fell on their faces. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron. Gather the congregation together. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rock from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock and he said to them, Here now, you rebels, must we bring water, out of the, water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod and water came out abundantly. And the congregation and the animals drank. But then something happened here. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. He said, Because you did not believe me. And this is wrong the way they put this. Because what it really means is, Since you did not have faith in me to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly to the Lord, to the land which I have given them. See, in this New King James Version, it's saying, Because you did not believe me to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. But it's important that we get the right wording or the right thought in our minds because he's saying, You didn't believe in me. You did not have faith in me. What is Paul teaches is the law of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, they did not believe in the way of the word to speak to it and the water would come out. God is saying, the Lord is saying, you didn't have faith in me to sanctify these people. In other words, he felt like a lot of people today, they feel like well, we got to beat people. We got to, you know, whip them into shape and, and tell the people. Until the Lord strikes these people, it's not going to happen. In other words, until these people are hit and wounded and so forth, it will not happen. They will not turn. But I'm telling you that if the people were here, and if they will gather like a sacred assembly, like it says in Joel 2, 12 to 20, without, it doesn't say in there. It doesn't say in there that the armies have come against them. It doesn't say any of that. What the Lord is saying is if the people will come together, he will deliver them from the northern army before they come upon them. That is what we're hearing here. If you pay attention to what he's saying is the Lord is telling you to speak the word. You know, back in, in Exodus 17, he told them, go on before the people in 17.5. And the Lord said to Moses, go on before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel. And take it in your hand with your rod with, with which you struck the river. It was back in Numbers 11. And go and behold, I will stand before you there on a rock in Horeb. And you shall strike the rock. And the water will come out of it and the people may drink. And so Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. 
So he called the name of the place Masa, which means testing or temptation, and Meribah. This name means dispute or quarrel because of the contention of the children of Israel and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? See, they didn't believe. They, they had come through. I mean, look back and when he brought them through the water, the Red Sea crossing and the rest of it, and they complained. But here we are where Moses is doing this um, again. But this time he strikes the rock because he didn't believe at the Lord's statement of the word. He was angry. He wanted, it was like a build-up anger in him, and he didn't follow the way of the word. He didn't, the Lord is saying you didn't have the faith. In other words, faith is you don't do what you want to do with the word of God. You do what God has given you the guidance to do. And if you go against that instruction, as we are doing as the church of this day, we're not obeying no, uh, Joel 2, 12 to 20, so we have no right to be delivered from the world system and the war that is coming. We don't have a right to protection, and because of that, God is going to take away the word from us. We will not have the promise. Now go back to this. And let me tell you one more. Let's go on down. It says, in Numbers 20 and 13, it says, This was the water of Meribah, meaning dispute or quarrel, because the children of Israel contended with the Lord, and he was sanctified through them. He was sanctified through them, not through Moses' time. Remember he said, Masa, which is testing or temptation in Meribah, dispute or quarreling. But here he's calling it Meribah, which is disputed quarreling, but even Moses disputed with them and quarreled with them. So he sanctified them because the water came out of the rock, but not in the way that the Lord wanted him to do. Because the Lord goes down in Matthew, I mean, Numbers 20 and 24, he says, Aaron shall be gathered to his people, for he shall not enter the land which I have given to the children of Israel, because you rebelled against my word. At Meribah. His word at Meribah. See, they didn't sanctify the people, but yet the Lord says they were sanctified. Catch that? He says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, and this is Numbers 20 and 12, because uh, Moses and Aaron, because you do not believe me to sanctify me. In the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you should not bring this assembly, this assembly into the land which I have given them. And then he goes on and he says in the very next verse, this, is the, this was the water of Meribah because the children of Israel contended with the Lord and he was sanctified through them. See, Moses didn't sanctify the Lord because he didn't do the instruction that he'd given them to do. The preachers of today, the people of today, the Bible study people of the day, the people witnessing to others of the day are not sanctifying the people because he tells them they're going to be judged by his words, they're going to be set apart by his words in John 17, 17, the same as this time, but they are not listening and they're not doing it and the famine of the word is coming and they're going to get the famine of the word and they're going to be, like he says in Matthew 21, excuse me, 
7, 21 to 23. They're going to be rejected by God. They're going to be going through the punishments, going through the war and the plagues because they're lawless. They will not hear the Lord. And take a note of what the people of uh, Egypt, these children, remember all the parents are now dead except for these few, Moses and Aaron are left, and Caleb and Joshua and their families. I mean, their wives probably at that time as well because they're protected and covered by them. But here's an interesting thing. When you go back and you look at the complaints before, when you go to Exodus 17, they were complaining about they didn't have any water. They weren't complaining about the events here. This is, this is interesting. Listen to what he says. It is not a place of grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, nor is there any water to drink. That's interesting to catch. Do you understand what he's really saying there? See, the seven species of God's words are given to us in Deuteronomy 8 and 8. Deuteronomy 8, verse 8. And please remember that back when God had, we just reviewed the other night, that when God gave the temple instruction, the tabernacle instructions to those men that he prepared, Belazel and the other one, he'd given them the understanding of what to do to build this thing. And it was interesting, he picked one from Judah and he picked one from the lowest or one of the lower tribes was Daniel. It's considered to be a lower tribe. You can see it later in the the scriptures. But yet the two of them, it's like the Lord in this day is going to raise up the poor and so on. It was one of the smaller tribes. And he raised them up to teach. But what happened to them? They're not here at this time. They've died. But they were teaching the people and through that teaching came Korah and all the rebellion and everything else because they differed from it. And we don't know what happened exactly with them, but it seems clear here there's a problem. But their children are here. And see what it's saying here? It says the seven species. Basically, they're saying we don't have a place of grain. What are the first two? First two, the wheat and the barley. That's like the first and second spirit. The wheat is desiring us to be refined in the fine flour, the refined in fine flour. And barley is the words of wisdom that are humble. They're small. They're humble words, but they, have, they unlock the greatest promises of God. God says, walk before him as humbly because those are the wise. And then you have the, it goes on and says, there's no figs or vines. And consider what he's saying here. It goes from there, you got grapes, which is the vine, and figs. They're saying no figs. See, the grape in this one, the, the, the I mean, excuse me, the figs, um, I'm sorry. The grapes is the spirit of understanding. That is what it's trying to give us. That's why the Lord is trying to get us to drink of that. The drink of the wine of understanding is the, as the, 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 the communion cup is that we might have bread, which is instruction, and we might have um, understanding. It's best to eat the barley bread for understanding because you want to, it doesn't matter which one you get, but the barley is a better one because it's the humble bread. We want to get his wisdom and we want to get understanding of the great works of God that overcome the world. And then the figs are symbolic of the fourth spirit, which is the Lord God. That's why he came into the, into the Jerusalem at the Passover. And we need to remember this because I believe the words of God were opened on a similar day when that fig tree, that young fig tree 
that didn't bear fruit when it was appointed time. You see, at this appointed time, the children should be bearing witness to the words of God. And the fig tree represented Israel, but it was a young fig tree that normally would not have figs on it, but he cursed it. Because he tells us in Hosea 4.6 that he will reject us as priests before us, before him, and he will forget our children. If we will not receive his knowledge, which is knowledge is the words of God is our truth, that are our law. Psalms 119, 142, John 17, 17, John 12, 40, 48. He's certainly not going to judge us by his words if they're not law. So it goes on. It says that next one is pomegranates. They say, you know, they, it's not a place of grain or figs of, or pomegranate or vines or pomegranates. What is a pomegranate? The pomegranate is God's gift of the words. It's the words themselves unlock all these promises of God. The pomegranates have like 612, I mean, around that they have, you know, so many seeds in them. But it comes into those numbers. They can be more and they can be less, but they're symbolic of that. And it's symbolic of all the promises, of, I mean, all the works that his words unlock. Because when you do the way of the four spirits times 153, you come around 612. And that's what the pomegranate is in the temple because it's the you're asking for the instruction in the words of God that unlock the promises of the good works of God, which the pomegranate represents those good works of God, the might of God. So they're saying that you know, we were taught this because what I'm trying to point out, these people, these children knew this because these people were teaching them the ways of the words in the tabernacles. But they didn't like the testing of being in the wilderness. They, they grumbled because when Miriam died, the water was was dried up again. Because as long as Miriam was there, she took the stone with her, they say, and that water was coming out. This is symbolic of that rock of where... Water always come. So here we have no water. The grumbling of the water. And now the Lord said, don't strike the rock. Speak to it. Because at this time, God is going to speak his word. It says all that you're going to receive is the, is the sign of the prophet Jonah. He was pointing to this end time when we're about ready to enter the kingdom of God. Because this generation is to bring forth the kingdom of God on earth. And everybody's trying to do the rapture. It's not in the millennium that we bring the kingdom of God on earth. God reigns before that time. He reigns for the seven years before that time of the Antichrist and the ten kings, the ten kings, the, the six and seven beats kingdom of the Selzian Revelation 17 reign together. They give their crowns over to the Antichrist and they, were, they follow his instruction. Just like today, the whole the leaders of the nations have given their crown over to the, to the harlot. To the to little horn, and that's why the Lord said that that wound of her head that was was uh, the the fifth the fifth uh, beast, the wound of the fifth beast was brought back. What is that? That's symbolic of the ten kings handing over their crowns, their authority secretly to the to the Antichrist. What's well, the same thing they've done now? They've all the nations, all their gold and silver treasuries, all the treasures of all the nations. All the banks of the world are operated under the crown trust. They run the treasuries of the nations, and they run the militaries. The militaries are all run out of Washington under the instruction of London. 
That is what's going on. And people don't see this and we got to wake up. The Lord tells us, Zechariah 14, when all the nations are united, they come against his people. Even the leaders of Israel, they're all united to kill each other. To kill their own, have their own citizens get killed. There's been visions of the, you know, like a Navy fleet coming back from Asia, trying to get home to help in America. Because America's been under attack secretly. You know, we dispersed our troops all over the world, and all of a sudden America's being attacked because they've already got the Chinese and Russian soldiers here, hidden in America. People have seen it. Generals and military officers have talked about it, but people won't listen, and they will not put that in the press because the press is controlled by these people. And I've told you, I've been in meetings where they testified in a meeting set up by President Bush. They testified that the Senate and Congress do what they're told on the schedule given to them, and they approve the uh, things that they're told to approve. In other words, these things are already done long before there's ever a hearing or anything else like that. Before Obamacare and the rest of it, it's all done. But understand that you know your health care is going to be destroyed at this time. Your economy is going to be destroyed at this time. It's being orchestrated. And it'll surprise you, and it's not supposed to. God told us it was coming like this. We won't believe it. So what they were saying here is these people are testing God, saying, look, this land you brought us to right now, we don't see it. It's not here. See, they're, they're getting tired of waiting. And it's saying it is not a place of grain or figs or vines or pomegranates. We don't see any evidence of it. Even though the ten spies had brought it back when they were children. These grown up now don't see it. They're, they're testifying and they're arguing against God's word. See, God's word is promised that you're going to bring them to that. So they're arguing against his word. So it's the word that he's arguing against. The fruit and the ways of doing the words. Because you eat, the, eat these things and it brings forth instruction and, and so forth. And they're saying, it's not here. We're not seeing any instruction. We don't have any water to drink. We can't even have water. We can't do the good works yet. And, you know, right after this, the Lord has them go around Edom instead of going through it. They went a long way around. That tested them again. But now they'd seen the word of the water come out of the thing, and they were sanctified because of the water. And what were they doing? They were saying, Lord, we don't see this, and we don't see any water. And it says, why have you made us to come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? Well, it's not a place of that. But see, they contested with Moses. They came to him and contended with him. So at the end of the day, you understand what's going on here is maybe they're frustrated. But God was sanctified through them. Because there's witnesses there. Seeing this and water came to these people. So by them, because of their intention, they got the water. It, and the interesting thing about this is when the water dried up, you don't see anything in the scriptures that's saying when the water dried up because of Miriam, Moses, what did Moses and Aaron do about it? They hadn't done anything about it yet. They, they, they got, I don't know whether it's complacency or what. Uh, maybe that's not the story here. They contended with them because they just contended with them right before this as well on other issues. But, you know, back before the, I mean, when they come out of the flood and before he struck the rock the, the time before, the people before the flood, they, they I mean, before the, the, the Red Sea uh, issue, 
they wanted to go back and not be killed by the Egyptians because they said, we had all the free fish we wanted to eat. See, symbolically, the fish is a symbol of the words of God. The fish within us. That's why he said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. You're going to bring up the words of God within them. And that's the word of God, not physical fish. That's the food that he's talking about to eat. And they're saying, oh, we had it free over there. You didn't have to pay a price for it to get the instruction of God. In Egypt, they, the preachers are always telling you what to do. But it wasn't getting you anything. Slavery. So here they're saying they hadn't got there yet. They've been taught that this is the way it's going to be. It's just like us at this day. In this day, the Lord says, you'll see nothing but the sign of the prophet Jonah, which is calling out the word of God. But until we turn to him and come out, we cannot expect to see the word of God because he's telling we must turn first. See, we must do. You can see this in Joel 2, 12 to 20. People are expecting miracles with the words right now. But look at what he's saying. He's saying in Joel 2, 12 to 20, that you must weep and mourn, fast, fast, weep and mourn, and cry out that God will save his people like these people here were doing. They're saying, Lord, we're not seeing these blessings of your words that you're teaching us. You're telling us we're going to save and now we don't even have water. See, they didn't see the miracles, and we're not seeing the miracles right now. Because the Lord is telling us, that until we gather together in the sacred assembly, he will not let the bridegroom come. And the bride, the one that's going to receive the authority to do the way of the words, the wisdom of preparing the way for the words, she hasn't come out of her dressing room yet because she hasn't put a garment on, the garment of knowledge. And they haven't let the bridegroom come. Therefore, you don't have a right or authority to do the words because the Lord has to be released to us. And the Father says that we will do what he says in Joel 2, uh, Joel 2 12 to 20. In 12 20, he says you'll drive the, the northern army far away. That means that he's, he says he will hate us. He will, he will cause us to have food and so forth. And we're coming to a time when I'm telling you there's going to be an absolute famine. And the people are not prepared. They don't even have the knowledge of the people in Israel when they came in the wilderness because they've been taught in the tabernacle. During that time of the 40 years, they've been taught the way of the words. And here they're expressing that in Numbers 20. That, the, you know, this is not a place of the, of the instruction of God. We're not seeing the ability to overcome the world by using his words yet. They will. In fact, they, they see it at Jericho very quickly. Not long after this, they're going to see that at Jericho where they walk around the thing and don't speak. They don't speak any of their own words. And they walk around at seven, you know, one day for six days and the seventh day they're walking around seven times and it's destroyed. By the way, six and seven, that is the number 13, which is the number of the love we decide. In other words, love, a decision of love is what it's about. Do we love the Lord our God to believe him and follow his ways? That's what they learned here. They were impatient to see the way of the words. People don't want to believe because there's no miracles yet. And God is telling you, you cannot do that till you let the bridegroom come. But you've not let him come because he's coming to bring his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. He's coming to be our king. Daniel 9, 24 tells us this is what we must do. And we're not listening. Okay, I'm going to end here. I pray that this has given you some food for thought. And I pray there will be understanding to you.
and it'll bless you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.